Hello and welcome to Huguenot Podcast episode 64. Unfortunately, this week I do not have lore, and if you guys have been listening for a long time, you might remember that this is my busy time of work, so that's the reason I don't have Lauren today. But I do still have a topic, so before I start into that, I would like to remind everybody that you can check out my website, and that can be found at hugenhoff.org. That's H-U-G-I-N-H-O-F dot org. And if you had any email for the show, be it uh, questions, concerns, whatever, uh, show topics, ideas for show topics would be great, send those to Podcast at gmail.com. That's Podcast at gmail.com. And all of that can be found on the website. So I'm just going to jump right in. And today we're talking about Frega. So I was going through some of my old podcasts. Uh, I don't think I ever talked about Frega. I didn't find it when I did a quick search. So actually I noticed that there's a lot of gods and goddesses that I haven't really dedicated an episode to. So I might be doing more of those in the future. We'll just see how it goes. So anyway, let's jump in. Frega is a goddess. Um, obviously, she is very important in Ossetru. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of gods and goddesses in Ossetru, and all of them are important in different ways. I don't want to say that some gods or goddesses are more important than others. They're all important, and everybody feels connected to different ones. But Frigga is, shall we say, a very well-known goddess. And she does play a pretty huge role, so I want to talk about her a little bit. Okay, so there's a couple things that we can talk about. Um, Obviously, she's the wife of Odin. Uh, Her hall is Fensalir. Um, She's the goddess of a few different things. um, Childbirth and goddess of the hearth, for example, but we'll get into that. But before we jump into all of those things, I just want to quickly say she's not Freya. Frigga, Frigga, also known as Frigg, and Freya are not the same goddesses. Are not the same goddess. There is a scholarly debate as to whether or not they are. Some people say they are. Some people say they aren't. And even in the Austrian community, I'm sure that some people think that they are the same goddess. I guess they do have a few similar qualities. But honestly, from my own personal experience, I would consider them two very unique, different goddesses with different personalities and different focuses. So, um, that's something that I personally believe. It's one of those things where there's not a definite way to say, I'm right and you're wrong. I feel like what we read in the lore implies that Frigga and... Freya are two distinct goddesses, and most importantly for me, with my own personal work with them, they feel different to me. So, take care of the controversial thing right off the bat, I suppose. So, let's jump into um, Fincelir a little bit, which is Frigga's Hall. So, the only thing I really wanted to say about Fincelir is I wanted to mention that Frigga does have... A number of handmaidens. Um, Each one is important in its own way, and we could actually probably give a podcast just to each of the handmaidens. So I am not going to go into great depth on them, but um, it is something to be aware of and something that would be good for further study. So 
Also, Frigga is the wife of Odin, of course, which most people, <clears throat> excuse me, probably know. Um, I, I think this implies some stuff about Frigga. For one, I believe it implies that she is wise, because two reasons, really. If you are the wife of Odin, first of all, Odin would not marry someone who wasn't wise, I don't think. He would marry an equal, not someone lower than him. And also, you sort of have to be wise just to be able to, um, oh, what would you say, just to be able to um, survive and be on equal footing in that marriage. Um, uh, you know, also a little powerful. I think that she is a powerful, strong-willed goddess. And, uh, clever. So there are, there's one story I know about the Longbards, which I won't go into great detail in here, because I think we've covered it elsewhere on the podcast, but it's basically the one where Frigga ends up, Frigga is, um, favors the Longbards, and she ends up kind of cleverly tricking Odin into giving them victory in battle. So I think that's evidence that she is extremely strong-willed to even try it, and extremely clever because she actually came out on top when she had a battle of wits with Odin. And I mean, that very rarely happens. We see all sorts of stories and stuff like that, where Odin gets into some battle of wits with somebody or the other, um... There's one where he got into kind of a battle of wits with Thor, which he, he did win, not to disparage Thor, because I think he's intelligent as well. But Odin is a really powerful opponent to have, especially in that arena. There's many, many stories where Odin will outwit different giants. But this is the only one I can really think of where Odin himself is outwitted, and that was by Frigga. So that really tells you something about the nature, the standing, and just the intelligence of that goddess. So I I do think that is important. And that it's um, the marriage. I like the marriage of Odin and Frigga. It's definitely um, different in some ways to other marriages, but I, I just really like the relationship that they have of these two strong-willed people gods, these two strong-willed deities who have their own wants and desires and their own means, but obviously also the ability to work together. And there's just a lot of love and respect there. Um, and I think it's telling that the only child that is born of Odin and Frigga is Baldur. And Baldur was known to be one of the most beautiful gods, and he is the most well-loved gods, and that's partially because of his beauty and also partially because of his personality and just who he is. So you have this idea that of all of the children that Odin has sired, Baldur, the one that was born out of the relationship and the love of him and Frigga, ends up being the shining god or the most beautiful of gods. So I I think that says something um very positive about that relationship. So let's see. Okay, so what I'm going to spend the bulk of the podcast on this time, the rest of the podcast, is what Frigga is a goddess of, and this might devolve into discussing some of these different aspects of her 
a little more. Uh, so foreknowledge is a huge one, or the ability to tell the future. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. So it is said that Frigga knows the fate of all men, but tells no one. So she definitely has the gift of prophecy, and she knows what will happen to everybody, but she doesn't share that information. And you might ask why. Well, there's the obvious that it's dangerous. Knowing your own future could be dangerous. Uh, there'd be a desire to prevent it, which would maybe make your life in general worse, or perhaps it would end up causing your end to come about anyway. You know, if someone were to say to you today, you're going to die in an airplane crash, you would probably stop taking airplanes. And I mean, if you believed them. If you truly believed what they said was true, you would stop taking airplanes, and then maybe you wouldn't go to different countries. Maybe that's your thing, traveling to different countries, and now you're sort of missing out on that. So that's one example of why knowing your own future is not necessarily a good thing. Or maybe there'd be some roundabout way where you try to avoid an airplane ride, but somehow, I don't know, you get hit by an airplane instead. But, you know, there's there's all sorts of stories of self-fulfilling prophecies and stuff like that. So uh, there's there's that idea that it's just dangerous to have that much information. But I think the real key driving force is we remember that Odin does know his own future. He knows of Ragnarok. He knows when and how he will die in Ragnarok. And more intimately than any of the other gods. He truly knows the day and hour of his death. And it is said that after Odin acquired that knowledge, he he never again smiled. So you really have this situation where Frigga's husband truly has firsthand experience with knowing when he himself will die. Uh, so I feel like the fact that Frigga does not share this information with others is very largely influenced by the fact that she sees firsthand what happens when you know your own fate. Um, I'm not one who believes that ignorance is bliss. I, In almost all situations, I'd say it's better to know, even if it's unfortunate information or depressing information. I think that in almost all situations it's better to know than not to know, but this is one of those extremely rare circumstances where it's actually not. Because again, there's nothing you can do about it. There's no way this is bettering you as a person. Um, maybe in some ways it does. Maybe in Odin's situation it does. But I, I think... I think the fact that Odin knows his own fate, that was part of the sacrifice that Odin makes. He sacrifices having to deal with that knowledge. Now, what he does with that knowledge is positive because he tries to prevent Ragnarok. And in this case, and with Odin the, being the one who does it, I think that he can um, make sure Hag Ragnarok happens in the right way. Again, to say that his goal is to prevent Ragnarok and make Ragnarok not happen, I don't think that's actually entirely correct. Ragnarok is a necessary thing that must happen eventually, just like all seasons are. I hate the winter, but I know that winter must happen, and I would not try to prevent 
winter from happening. But what I might do is make sure that I'm ready for winter when it comes. And I think that's more on the lines of what Odin is doing. He's trying to be ready for Ragnarok because if Ragnarok happens early or the gods are not prepared, it would go very poorly for them as well as humanity. Um, We remember in the story of Ragnarok, it's sort of a... Well, the, the gods survive. We remember that the gods survive. The world is destroyed and many gods die, but humanity is saved in Leif and Lafarsan, and some of the gods go on. Um, Baldur, for example, comes back. Uh, Thor's sons uh, remain. Uh, arguably, a large number of the goddesses... I'm, we're not really told so much what happens to someone like Frigga. Does she survive or not? So that's something we don't know. But a lot of the gods and goddesses will survive, and it's act- It's it's um, specifically stated that some of them come back like Baldur and Magni and Modni. So Ragnarok is not a end of humanity, nor is it a end of the Aesir. The reason it's not is because Odin is preparing for it. So it is less he is trying to stop Ragnarok and ultimately fails. It is more that he is trying to prepare for Ragnarok and um, make sure that Ragnarok happens in the way it should happen so that the gods can survive. And anyway, this is a bit of a this is a bit of a tangent. That's why he needs to know his own fate. Most people are not in the situation where they do need to know their own fate. So the price that he pays to know that fate is always knowing when he will die. And it, it, it you know, it's stated that after he learns that fate, he never smiles. It's a depressing thing. It's a heavy burden to bear. And I think Frigga is wise enough to know that Most people shouldn't have to bear that burden. It's not exactly fair that Odin does, but she's also wise enough to know that most people can't bear that burden. Most people could not hold up under that amount of stress. So this fact that she knows the fate of all men, yet does not tell them, tells you that there is a lot of sympathy and kindness in that act of withholding information. I think it also says a lot about her understanding of prophecy in the world around her and maybe why she seeks to influence things in certain ways because she does know the fate of all men. Okay, so again, very big into prophecy. She's uh, That's a huge part of um, Frega. So another thing, we're still kind of in the prophecy section, but I can't remember. I don't think I thought of this on my own. I might have. I I think my wife brought it up to me, actually. So we know that Frigga knew the fate of all men. So Frigga knows everybody's fate. Frigga is blessed with prophecy. But then we also know that Balder dies. Frigga's son dies and goes to hell and will remain there until Ragnarok when he will come out and be leader of the gods after that. We have to imagine that Frigga knew that as well. And I think that would be a very, very difficult thing not to say and a very difficult thing to have to um, live with because there would be that temptation that everybody has to 
save yourself and save yourself from this bad situation, there's a temptation to make sure that Balder doesn't die because she knows what will happen to Balder. She knows his fate. And she could have tried to prevent it, but didn't. And now back to Odin real quick. We think about, we remember the stories in Ragnarok where he rushes onto the battlefield and um, fights the wolf and then is avenged and all of that stuff. But he, according to the lore, and I believe it's true, he knows his fate. He knows the wolf will kill him, but he fights it anyway without hesitation. And I think that's another thing that... It would be very difficult to do. Say, I know this is going to kill me, but I know this is necessary, so I'm going to do it. So it's very similar with Frigga, because in the next cycle, after Ragnarok, when the new world is born, it's going to work best. Maybe it will only work if Balder is the one that is now leading the gods. <clears throat> so if Frigga had selfishly saved Baldur, he would not be around to leave the gods. So that's the type of sacrifice that I think she made there. Odin and Frigga are um, unique in the sense that I feel like they have to bear more sacrifice than a lot of the other gods. And most of the, actually a lot of the gods do make sacrifice sacrifices and have to deal with those sacrifices. Um, Tear with his hand uh um, there's other examples too. Um, oh, Frey fighting with the deer antler instead of his sword. So I certainly don't think the other gods make no sacrifices. They they do make sacrifices, but the sacrifice that is called on from Odin and Frigga in particular, it just seems to be uh, very weighty sacrifices that they have to make. And so I'm really thinking about this fact that Frigga knows the fate of all men, and Frigga understands prophecy, and she has foreknowledge of events. She had to know that Balder was going to die, her only son. She had to also understand that that is what the world needed, and that is what the next cycle needed, and that's what people needed, and and the other gods needed the next time around. And she didn't selfishly stop that from happening. Could she, or or was that fate, and is impossible to stop? It's hard to say, but she didn't. She didn't. Um, actively try. I think she understood the importance of letting fate play out in that instance. So that's something that I just think is is a huge sacrifice that she was asked to make and, and something that is important to remember. It's not outright stated Frigga knew Balder was going to die. But I feel like since it is outright stated that she has foreknowledge and she knows the fate of all men, it is we can infer that she knew what would happen to Balder. And she saw the necessity of that and let it happen. Okay. Uh, let's see. What is this? Obviously, I said that Balder, Balder was their son. Um, okay. So I'm just going to touch on a couple other things that she was the goddess of. Um, <clears throat> she is the goddess of childbirth. So that's always 
a big one, obviously. Childbirth is a huge, huge, huge part of life. Everyone who has children knows that. Um, so Frigga had a lot to do with that, bringing in the next generation and stuff like that. And sort of by how... Well, here, let me do it this way instead. Another thing is she's a goddess of the hearth. That's another huge one. She's a goddess of the home, a goddess of the hearth. Keys are also often associated with her. Um, so you have childbirth and you have the hearth. Uh, hearth meaning the home, technically meaning the fire, I think. But goddess of the home, goddess of childbirth. So she has a lot to do with, like, um, that motherly aspect of things. And I think that's another reason that she's extremely important is because she does have a lot to do with, like, the children and raising children side of things, which is obviously hugely important. Not to say that's the only thing she has to deal with, because Story of the Longbards, again, shows that she is not... Um, she is not unfamiliar with the ways of war. But her big focus is, I believe, more on, like, children and stuff like that. And I, I think that's really important because uh, this is a cliche, but the children are our future. And the ones who are raising our children have a huge impact on the future. And that's just, that's not just mothers. Frigga, being a motherly figure, definitely probably has the strongest connection to mothers. But that's um, both parents who are raising children. I think both parents are very important. Um, I would not get into the argument of which parent is more important, but I would say that both parents are very important. So if you have children, regardless of which gender you are, you should probably raise them and pay attention to them. Uh, anyway, so I think that Frigger really um, represents that and personifies that aspect of like having children, taking care of children, raising children. I think that she also sort of uh, encompasses that idea of the telling of stories to children you sort of have the idea of one of the many things that that mothers and parents in general do is pass on stories to their kids. Uh, so I think Frigg is sort of involved in that as well. And I don't think it's a coincidence that she is a, a patron of childbirth, the home, and children, and also associated strongly with language and knowledge. Uh, I get that strong association with language and knowledge mostly because she is the wife of Odin, and she has proven herself to be very clever. So I feel like simply because she's the wife of Odin, she does have linguistic connections. And then the knowledge thing, it just seems to be her character. That knowledge is something that's important, and she's obviously very bright, or she couldn't outwit Odin. Uh, so, I mean, that's the big things about Frigga. I'm not quite done with the podcast. I, I'm i just kind of wrapping up. Like That was the quick introduction to Frigga. Obviously, there's a lot more that you can learn about her through your own study and personal gnosis and stuff like that. 
But I kind of want to take a couple more moments on that idea of of stories and passing stories down to your children. Because I think that's a really important thing. And we also sort of remember the Deesir here, who are the grandmotherly spirits. And um, that's all about passing stories down to your children as well. So this is one that I sort of um, try to do myself. Sometimes I struggle with it. I I think I oftentimes don't do it as much as I should. But I think it's important as parents that we do tell those stories to our children. That's a lot of things. One of the things would be like, you know, tell family stories. If you have family stories, um, well, everyone has some amount of family stories. Tell them about their grandparents. Tell them about their great-grandparents, tell them about the ancestors in their in their family uh, at a, a really young age. That might be less interesting for them because they're not going to pick up on all of it. But you could definitely tell them stories of like, your grandma used to do this, or your grandpa used to do this, or what, or whatever, or even stories of your own childhood. I mean, you are obviously a member of your own family, so even telling stories of your own childhood, I think, are important. Um, and then also tell stories of the gods. Read them pieces of the lore, uh, or perhaps kind of put put the lore into your own words, so you're not just reading them straight out of the Havamal, because that could be a little bit dull. But if you put that more into your own words and then read something like that to your kids, I think that can be a cool thing, and I think that can definitely be a very positive thing. Uh, so I think that's one of our jobs as parents, it's not simply feeding and clothing kids, but it's also passing on that family information and that ancestral information. So anyway, I definitely think that the telling of stories and passing on of stories and also the lore to different stories of the gods and goddesses and stuff like that is an important thing you do. Um, But I'm reminded, because as I record this, I've put the girls to bed, but you know, how often children wake up. So every few minutes I have to pause this and stand and, you know, go into their rooms and tuck them in and and get them all settled in. And then I come back out and I unpause it and do a little more recording. So I am also reminded of another thing that I think Freya is very important with is just um, patience because I just think that it's easy to get... Uh, impatient with kids just because it is uh and yeah i think that frig is definitely a huge source of inspiration to admire her for how much patience she had and i think that's another thing that is absolutely necessary to have as a parent and you know something that that we all develop rather quickly once we actually have kids because you know for kids you don't have to be patient we live in a high-speed world where you, you get things done you know you get things done immediately if a web page takes more than 10 seconds to load you're less like getting frustrated and be like oh my god 10 seconds in a row Uh, so it's been a big change to go from that to having kids where you know you have to sit down and explain things and that obviously takes a little bit of patience though actually i really do like explaining things to my kids and also you know 
um, tacking them into bed and stuff like that. And they're like, I don't, they're like not wanting to go to sleep and everything else. So there's a lot of patience with that too, because there's a lot of, you know, lying next to them and comforting them and, and everything else. So there's definitely a lot of, um, ways in which you learn patience when you have kids. So I think Frigga is a huge part of that as well. Um, but there's like huge benefits as well. You know, it might seem annoying to spend 15 minutes or whatever trying to like make sure the girls are calm and in sleep and everything else. But when you get past that, oh, this is a little bit irritating, I could be doing something else factor, it's it's actually really nice to just like spend 15 minutes with your kids, even if it's not playing. Because, you know, most of the time with your kids, you're playing and doing fun stuff. But even if it's just uh, tucking in and making sure they're happy and everything, uh, I don't know, it's just very rewarding. Anyway, I'm going on a parenting tangent about how kids are cool again. So I'm going to go ahead and stop myself now. Um, but that's just another thing that I thought of about Frigga is that patience is a really good, a, a really big part of her as well. Um, my hard work is kind of in there as well, certainly. Um, I, I kind of think that goes with the hearth. Uh, you know, if you have a home, if it's a nice home or if it's a poor home, or or whatever, you don't have to have a mansion to be able to understand and appreciate that spending time and effort keeping your house clean gives a certain amount of pride. I, I think there's actually, a, actually I know there's a saying of that, have them on. I, I don't have a copy of the have them on me. Um, actually, it's on my Kindle, but I don't want to search for the phrase because it would just take too long. But it says something like, even if you have an old, an old, an old house or a small house, even if you have a small house, you can still take pride in the fact that um, you keep it nice. You know what? I'm going to look up the. I'm going to look up this phrase because I can pause this. Okay, the stanza wasn't exactly like I thought it was, but I will read it since I've looked it up now. Um, it's stanza thirty-six. And it says, one's own house is best, though small it may be, each man is master at home. Though he have but two goats and a bark-thatched hut, tis better than craving a boon. Uh, so, and, and I think it, what I'm getting at is, even if you have a small house and not a fancy house, you can still take pride in that, and the way that you take pride in that, one of the ways that you take pride in that is spending time on making it, like, clean and looking nice. So, Frigg is very much, well, goddess of the hearth, goddess of the home. She's very much a goddess dealing with the home and stuff like that. But I think hard work and having a home kind of go together because there's a lot of maintenance on a house, a lot more than an apartment. I used to live in an apartment, and I thought it was too much work to keep it clean. But now that I have a house and, you know, a yard to mow and all the things that are constantly breaking and just you wouldn't think a small house with, you know, two or three rooms would be hard to keep clean. But it actually is. So um, I feel like that hard work and home things kind of 
go together. So Frigga is very connected with that. And a lot of these traits, you've probably noticed, um, overlap a lot. Uh, and and I just want to touch on that because, you know, I said that uh, Frigga, I found her to be a very uh, a clever, knowledgeable, wise goddess. And then you could be like, oh, but Odin's the god of being wise and then i said like hard work was one of her attributes or one of the things that i feel like she sort of represents and then you could say oh well hola is really the one who's more hard work the gods and goddesses in my opinion are not simply representations of this thing or that thing odin is not a representation of knowledge. Frigga is not a representation of the hearth. The gods and the goddesses are the gods and the goddesses, and they all have unique personalities. Just like, I really like computers, and somebody else really likes computers. That's allowed. I like computers. Uh, Lore likes computers as well. I like computers. Lore likes computers. We don't have to say... I'm a computer person and he's not. And let's not talk about him liking computers anymore. That's just something that both of us share. Or a more realistic one is I like um, discussing things and trying to learn about the world. And so does Lore. I'm not the person of curiosity. And Lore's not the person of curiosity. It's just that's a character trait we share. It's the same thing with the gods and the goddesses. There's overlap of this is the god of that and this is the goddess of that because all the gods and goddesses sometimes share similar interests. Um, Some are more easily approachable for certain problems. If you did need guidance on parenting, I think your first choice would would be to go to Frigga. And that's what I've historically done when... I've just had something to think about or contemplating what's the best way to do this parenting thing. I'll usually try to work with Frega because I feel like she's comfortable with that and knows the most about that. But again, I guess what I'm getting at is the gods and the goddesses are more than just a personification of a certain thing. They are, you know... Through working with them and through the lore and through the stories, they're three-dimensional characters that have a lot of different traits. So, a little bit of a tangent, but I wanted to mention that. Okay, I am pretty sure that I'm rambling now because I have covered everything that I wanted to cover. I'll check that real quick. Um, so I think that I am going to go ahead and wrap it up. Hopefully next month we will have Lore on once again. It's always nice to have him on. Uh, just to wrap up everything that I've said, Frigga is a very important goddess. You should definitely study her. She has a lot to do with um, the hearth, childbirth. Um, she's connected to cats. Uh, she's a very wise goddess and she knows a lot about um or or she's involved in foresight she has a lot of foresight in knowing the knowing the fates of men so if you haven't uh i definitely 
look into Frigga, study up on her, because um, this podcast is just my personal quick introduction to her, and there's just way, way, way more to learn about her. And personal uh, gnosis is something that that I think you can also do. And I feel like Frigga is uh, fairly approachable, which a, a lot of people will say that Odin maybe isn't as approachable as some of the other gods like Thor, but I find Frigga to be a to be approachable so definitely look into that learn about her because there's definitely a lot of cool stuff about her that i haven't mentioned so i do want to thank everybody for listening and i want to remind you that you can go to my webpage, which is hugenhoff.org and there you can find the podcast i would suggest you sign up for the rss since it's a monthly podcast it's easy to forget to download it every month so just put it in your podcast player of choice and have it download automatically with the rss uh do feel free to send any emails my way and you can find that email address at the website it is hugenhoffpodcast at gmail.com Thank you, everyone, for listening, and we will see you next month. Fra hail!